Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella, and I am a Boston-based real estate investor. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Bo Eckstein, who is out of the San Francisco market. Bo is an investor, a lender, and a real estate broker. Bo, thank you for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. What's going on today? Anything good? Um, no, just uh, I was out of town, like I was uh, telling you earlier. Um, I just got back from Austin, but uh, it's good to be back in my office and uh, going to have a productive rest of the week here. But, uh, you know, just um, been been looking at a lot of deals lately, so I'm, I'm in the acquisition mode, so it's been good. Nice. Um, definitely want to hit on that Austin visit in a couple of minutes, but we're going to be focusing on mainly today some of the models that you worked on to buy, buy cheap, renovate, sell, and more importantly, use other people's money to do these deals. So can you start off by giving us a little bit of background about how you got started in real estate investing? Sure. Um, uh, growing up, I was uh, I tried to do the, the the college thing after high school. It just didn't work out for me. And I was like, well, what, what am I going to do with my life? I just at the time I wasn't a, a learner. You know, I didn't yep. I didn't I didn't like the school thing. Um, it, later in life, I became a learner, which was you know the best thing that could have happened to me. But um, so I stumbled into the mortgage business. Yep. And what, what year is this, by the way? Well, let's see. Uh, this was um, uh, let's see. I'm 39 now. Yeah. Uh, so I got started in the mortgage business when I was 20. So okay. 19 years ago already. Okay. Um, and so I, I started as a telemarketer and I mm-hmm. would, I would generate leads for loan officers in this company. Mm-hmm. And then I was got, I was really good on the phone. And so I decided to, after a few months, I'm like, okay, I'm making these loan officers a lot of money by just giving them this hot deal. So then I got my real estate license and I, in California, you need you needed your real estate license to originate residential loans. Interesting. It, it works differently in different states, but yeah. So I, yeah, so I started doing loans, and then uh, I was always fascinated with real estate investing. So I I, I started buying properties everywhere. Um, a mm-hmm. few years later, and I was so good at financing because that's what I did. I over leveraged myself, right? And then <laughs> yeah. and then 2007 came around, yeah. And, and and that that was pretty devastating to me because I. I really didn't know anything about real estate investing. I thought I did, and I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be this big millionaire like many of us did when, before the downturn. So that was a very humbling experience. So after that, after the downturn of the the market on the West Coast, I mean, we got crushed here. Yeah, and we, I, we did too. I, yeah, and I and I had to reevaluate everything. And then I, you know, I was like, well, what am I going to do? All I know is real estate. So I continued. I got more into the sales of uh, just as a broker selling real estate. Because at that time, all the new regulations came in and it was a pain in the butt to originate loans. So I started to sell real estate. And then I happened to meet a gentleman and uh, uh, he was he was a manager of a, a private money fund. So then I, I started originating loans for their fund and mm-hmm. I knew it was a great niche. 
And I started lending money to these house flip flippers and I got good at underwriting these deals, like what makes sense to lend on. And so then I said, well, I can do this. And then I started flipping properties. Okay. And then now we'll I'll take you into the model. So, so then, then I said, okay, well, flipping properties is great. It's a, but it's a job, right? So mm -hmm. I wanted to create something um, where I could start holding the properties. And mm -hmm. so that's where I came up with my first model. And I, I mean, it's not, I've listened to a lot of people, so I can't say it's my model, but so um, I've had a lot of good mentors um, over the years. I, I continue to learn and go to events so I can learn. Right. But I, but the model that worked for me in the beginning was um, I really was intrigued by self-directed IRAs. Um, so there's so much trillions of dollars in retirement. And most of them, most people with retirement accounts don't know that they may be, able to roll that into some kind of self-directed vehicle, like a self-directed IRA. Um, and so I kind of show people how to do it and, and they become my bank uh, essentially. Yeah. yeah so it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting because the way the retirement accounts are set up today is that people really don't have choices. I mean, you're, you're either, you know, investing with Merrill Lynch or you're investing with bank of America or, you know, whoever the, the brokerage house is and, for most people, it's either that they have all their money in some sort of blended, uh, you know, stock portfolio um, where they feel like they're diversified or they're really conservative and then they keep it in cash. But, you know, with the self-directed IRA, there's just so many more options. Exactly. Exactly. So so then my then the next big thing was, OK, well, I don't really want to be a buy and hold investor in California right now because our prices, uh, you know, in 2009 and 10, it would have been a great time to, to, to be, you know, buying and holding here. You could have done pretty, pretty good, but I, I knew I wanted to invest somewhere. Mm -hmm. I happened to meet a gentleman at a networking event and he was buying in Indiana. And I'm like, what, what part of Indiana? Um, South Bend, Indiana by Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I, so I looked at his deals in the market and, um, I'm like, wow, these, these numbers are really good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the properties are inexpensive and, and my model is to try to rent to graduate students, postgraduate students, uh, that go to Notre Dame. So I buy within a two mile radius. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never invested out of state really. I was always a local investor. So you have to learn all those tools, but, but, but my basic model is I, I build a financial friend network, right. Uh, mm -hmm. with people that want to get better returns than they are getting in their stock portfolio or their mutual fund. So I'll give you an example of a deal I did. Um, I, uh, I, I'm really good at lead generation. So I set up a website and I got a person that wanted to sell their house, negotiated the deal via text messaging. And um, anyways, I, the purchase price was $22,000. Mm -hmm. uh, and and this, this was in South Bend? Yeah. So okay. it's a three bed, one and a half bath home and uh, about 1,500 square feet. And it needed... You know, so slowly we're building a team there, uh, boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so our scope of work for that pro property to get rent ready was $12,000. So I needed $34,000. And, and granted, you know, I, I could write a check for that, but OPM is the key in, yeah. if you want to scale. And and so so I, um, a good friend of mine that I grew up with, you know, we, we talk business all the time. He's very conservative. And I never approach him about lending money just because I just know how conservative he is. Mm -hmm. He approached me and he said he wanted to start funding some of my deals. Um, so 
I said, okay, I'll pay you 10% in two points. And mm -hmm. so I pay him 10% interest only. Um, we do a year to two year loan. And then the exit strategy is I, I, I do a cash out or excuse me, a takeout loan with a portfolio lender. Yeah. So the, so, the typical buy, uh, renovate rent and then refinance model. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So he put up the 34,000. He's happy getting 12% on his money. My property cash flows very mm -hmm. well. This property runs at 1200 a month. I'm in it at $34,000, right? Mm -hmm. Other people's money, none of my own. So my returns are unbelievable. I mean, that was a really good cash flowing property. I mean, yep. not all of them are like that great, but, um, no, so the model, but what, but what yeah. you mentioned, what you kind of brought up is kind of an interesting thing on a macro scale throughout the U S. So, you're in San Fran, I'm in Boston. We're in two markets that it is almost impossible to cash flow. You 100% you can't cash flow on a single family. And to cash flow on a multifamily in either of our markets, you really have to get into the worst of the worst sections. And even then, in 2017, it's difficult to cash flow. So there's a bunch of markets like ours where you can make a bunch of money in flipping. And then there's all these little kind of niche markets, like the one that you mentioned is, is a great example where you can actually just cash flow on single families. So what you kind of identify is kind of interesting because you're in San Francisco, I'm in Boston. We're in two markets where right now it is practically impossible to cash flow. And on a single family, I would say 100% impossible. And even on a multifamily, Sometimes you have to go to the worst of the worst sections, and even then it's tough. Um, but what you found is what I've identified myself is that there's all these little pockets across the U.S. where they're much different than the markets that we live in. And there are markets where you can literally still cash flow on a single family. And the numbers that you mentioned, buying it for 22, putting in 30 or so thousand dollars, and then renting it out for over $1,000 a month. My, my guess is that even if you didn't get such a good deal, you probably still could have cash flowed. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that, was, that happened to be a good deal. I mean, the numbers on that was, it was uh, 22 acquisition, 12,000 renovations. So I was in at 34. Oh, okay. And the ARV was 80-something thousand already. Oh, yeah. So I have a, a built-in equity, but obviously the play on this was to hold long-term. And then, mm -hmm. then, you know, three, four, five years, maybe 1031 exchange into multifamily. But we're buying lots of these type of properties. Um, and so what percentage of the deals that you're doing today are based outside of San Francisco? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much I, I haven't been in, in the last 10 months. I really haven't done any local flips, although oh, yeah. I want to get yeah. one, one going here. I'd like to do at least one or two at all times locally. Yeah. I mean, there's still, there's still a ton of deals, right? Yeah. I mean, even when the market's super hot, there's, there's, there's off market deals and it's just about being a good deal finder and building the network because there's deals everywhere and it just depends what you want to do. For sure. And, and so we're doing a ton of fix and flipping in Boston. And again, we're in a hot market like you, and like you mentioned, we're getting all off market deals. So I haven't bought a property that was on the MLS or even listed on a FISBO site or Craigslist or anything like that where it's publicly available in over two years. Mm -hmm. So we're doing over 100 fix and flips a year in Boston, but they're all 100% off market. And the problem I'm having is that I, I have a good size rental portfolio. I'm not even adding to it right now because anything in Boston 
It's a multifamily that I would typically hold on to. Even at a discount right now, it doesn't cash flow. So um, it's interesting that you went into another market already because I was considering doing the same thing just because I, I don't want my rental portfolio to kind of be stagnant. Um, and something I was considering, we, we've been talking about for a while now is, do we just wait until the market crashes again? Because right now, putting any money into rentals in Boston just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to say that's probably, you, do I think the market is going to crash? I don't know. It seems like every 10, 12 years, we have this downturn of something like dot-com downturn. Then we have the, you know, the mortgage. So every 10 or 12 years, there's, there's, you know, I think, I personally think there's, there's so much money out there, VC money going into like uh, all these apps mm-hmm. and the, um, a lot of these apps on your phone, they don't, they'll never make any money. Mm-hmm. So I see, I see kind of like maybe that could be a big slowdown in like San Francisco because there's so much tech money and VC money there. So that could slow down the market, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say, is there going to be like our mortgage crisis? If I, if I knew what I knew now, right. We always say that and went back 10 years ago and you know, I could replay that. I mean, it's obvious we'd make millions and millions of dollars, right. And will there be another big downturn in our lifetimes? Yes. And so I think, if you really look at it, these downturns, if you know, nobody can perfectly time these downturns, but if we can just um, play these market shifts, because you've created so much wealth in this dip, right? I mean, it's, yeah. this is, this is, so what the point is, is, you know, why be super aggressive? And, and you're, you're still finding great fix and flip deals. You're buying right. So, but the question now is, is where are you going to roll your money? Do you, do you want to take the time to build a team somewhere? But if you do, the opportunities are out there for sure in, in, in Midwest and, you know, some parts of Florida to, to buy. And, and, you know, if you create models, even starting from nothing, right. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a lot of cash, there's, if you know how to structure these deals and build these models and, and manage the transaction from start to finish, there's endless amounts of capital too, right now. So it's, it's a great time. It's just really figure out where you want to deploy the money to. So one thing I want to hit on for sure is almost everybody that I talk to, they want to get into deals with putting as little money out of their own pocket as possible. And some of that is just you want to leverage your own money out as much as you can. And some of it is people don't have money on day one. One of the things that you mentioned already is using self-directed IRA money. And I think 100% for the person that's in the self-directed IRA, it makes a lot of sense to invest in real estate. But as, you know, an average, you know, beginning investor, how do you identify those people that would even have the ability to get into a self-directed IRA and what's your pitch in order to get them to do it? Well, I think, I think um, in the beginning, obviously it's, it's more challenging. I now raising money for us because we've been doing this for a while. It's, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. So, so getting started, it's really um, I think you have to spend the first six six months really learning uh, the the foundations of real estate, and I mean, it, I learn something new every day, and I'm going to continue the rest of my life. I mean, there's so many different ways to close deals and structure deals, but just getting started, you know, plug in and get educated, right? Find people that can give you some guidance. Join your local RIAs and and start networking, and 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 then the first skill set you should get after you get kind of your, kind of your baseline is is to just become a really good deal finder and, and, and meet people and say, Hey, I'm going to, I want to get really good at finding deals. 
and I don't have the, the capital yet, but I'd like to maybe partner with you. And maybe at the RIA, you meet somebody that's, hey, I've got a couple hundred thousand dollars I want to invest. And that's how you start building it. And then you get good at finding the deal. You get it in contract. Once you own that contract, right, it's mm -hmm. the money's going to come. Yeah. So so you're just building your network every day, every yeah, day. Yeah, th that's what I always tell people is if you have a really, really good deal in this market today, the money's out there. There's actually more money out there that's seeking deals than there are deals. Right now, the market is so desperate for these good deals that for the most part, they're hard to, to come by. So when you do have a great deal, there's a lot of opportunity for you to go to other people and try to raise capital. Exactly. I, I mean, I just watched my friend. He bought one. Um, he bought one in Oakland, and he's like, you know, I just don't want to. I, I could, I could renovate it myself, but there's enough meat on this deal. I could just flip it to my other, uh, my other uh, real estate investor friend. So he bought it for six hundred, closed on it with his own cash, flipped it for to for six ninety to his other investor friend who's going to fix it up. I mean, mm -hmm. for me, that's a great deal because he doesn't have to be in the project four or five months. I mean, that was like a uh, one week period, close on it, resell it. And he really had the buyer lined up and, and he's doing, just, the, doing the same thing again on another property. And that's, and so, the, that's the interesting thing again, where we're at in the market cycle, where people are so hungry for deals that oftentimes wholesaling a property can be almost as profitable as doing the entire project. So I don't love doing this. I actually love fixing and flipping properties, but now every time that we close on a deal, we put it up for sale and then, depending on the offers that we get half the time, we're just letting them go. Because if, if you can make 40 or $50,000 on a wholesale versus making 60 or 70, spending six to eight months renovating, and it's like, why would you even bother? Exactly. Exactly. So I think, I think, and also too, when the market's this good, like, don't like, I see a lot of investors and they get too fixated. Like, well, I can make 150 grand. Yeah. But that's going to be seven months out. If you, mm -hmm. if you make 60 grand right now that you're, you know, you can spend the, spend the money two or three times, you're making more money with less headache. And that's really the key. Cause I don't like, I don't love, I don't like the whole, I'm kind of burnt out of the renovation thing myself. <laughs> like I don't, it, to me, it's not, it's not fun really right now. And well, I'm really, really lucky because yeah. I have a partner who manage, manages all of my projects. So I'm basically, I feel the exact same way that you do, except that I can dump that problem off to him. Yeah. So, so um, you, have, you have good systems basically, right? Yeah. 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 Good, good, good systems, good partners. Right. So, you know, managing the construction projects, right? Like, in the beginning, it's fun. Like when you're getting started and, and you're like, yeah, this is great. And you make, you get a big check or this is amazing. But the day to day after a while, I think as a real estate investor, everything is a constant evolution, right? Mm -hmm. Like we go, how do we, and I think at the end of the day, the real key is, is you own a bunch of multifamily properties and you have really good property management, but maybe it's your management company. Maybe it's not, but you, at the end of the day, just collect check checks that's my end goal where I can devote. I, I love real estate. I, I love everything about it, but I, you know, the day to day after a while, I'm more of an idea guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like, I like the, the hunt and the structuring of the deal. And then after that, I could care less about it. You know?
Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. So in, um, in South Bend, what do you think realistically you'll be able to do in terms of numbers? Like how many units are you planning on adding in 2017, 2018, 2019? Um, well, it really comes down to, um, you, you know, the time that you have, like at first I was kind of, um, you know, I, I got busy with other stuff I, and, and, uh, the gentleman I met, you know, we, we were, we found some property managers that we didn't screen the right now. we we got rid of them. We, we have good property management. We have one really good contractor there, but you know, to, we, in order to scale, we have to get five good contractors, right? And that's the real mm-hmm. challenge, finding trades people out of state that you can trust because the problem is, is I can't go drive there. You know, it's 2,000 miles away or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I, 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 I want to, I like to test, make sure everything runs smoothly and then scale. So like, I mean, realistically, if I, if I wanted to, I could go and buy a hundred properties there, there this year easily, <laughs> you know, because I mean, you, I have like five markets right now that I feel that are really good markets that you can do similar things. And I think you should, you know, if you're buying out of state, I'd like to buy in university towns yeah. or, or, you know, because universities aren't going anywhere, really. No. Uh, Notre Dame's not going to go anywhere. So I have five other markets. Uh, I like to diversify a little bit. So I probably this year I'm going to phase in and do one more market and then continue to buy in Indiana. Um, there's also other good markets in Indiana, in Indiana as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could be doing um, pay-per-click right now with my websites and I could get tons more traffic if I really wanted to, but I, I really like to test the model because I'm at the point in my life where I, I feel that, uh, everybody's trying to be bigger and scale and be huge. And like, for me, um, I'm in this mastermind group and they just, they kind of teach you the basics. It's like the first step for financial freedom is add up all your monthly outgo, right? Say it's, mm-hmm. say it costs me, I'm a bachelor. Say my monthly outgo is $7,000 a month, which yeah. includes food. First thing you need to do is how can I get enough rental properties that after I pay all the expenses, that net income is $7,000. And once yeah. you hit that, you're a, what we call a hundred percenter. And then that's that's kind of the first step of like, okay, financial freedom. It's really not about saying I'm a multimillionaire. It's really about, hey, I have all the time in the world because every every day I wake up, I have mailbox money coming in. Yeah. To me, that that's the goal. And what I realize is I don't my lifestyle it's 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 I do what I want, but I'm not I'm not into fancy cars or anything. So I'd rather have this more of a kickback life and 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 that's what real estate's enables us to do. I've been self-employed for 19 years and, you know, am I as successful as I want to be? Not yet, but I mean, I, every year I evolve, like right now going into the next model, if you don't mind, is that managing these single family properties is great once you get a good property manager. But I think the next evolution for me in these out of state cheaper markets is, um, is seller finance deals. So I'll go in. So now what I tell my private money people is, Lend me your money at instead of ten percent. I've got a track record with you now. Lend me the money at seven or eight percent for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's they're still getting a great return, but I need a little bit longer because I don't want, I don't want to deal with banks. I don't want to have to go do refinances. Yeah. So what I do now is I buy for twenty, I fix for ten, so I'm in at thirty. 
I mm-hmm. sell it now on terms for sixty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So I sell it on a land contract, right? Because now you own the property. You have to do all the repairs. The, the the downside of this model is that you don't get the appreciation or depreciation of the property, yep. but you get the cash flow and, and you get a monthly check without the headache. So I'm going to start doing. Oh, so you know, you're saying so you're going to be financing these essentially? But, but I'm using other people's money still, though. Okay. So what is the benefit for the person that is uh, getting into that contract? The buyer. The, the well. What you'll find is they're they're quite not they might not be ready for an FHA loan. I see. So credit or employment or some 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 issue where they can't get a traditional loan. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, is that I can offer the the, the same rent payment they're going to pay in rent. Now they own mm. with maybe five percent down of uh, you know. So I'm getting it down. I'm getting skin in the deal. And now I don't have they don't call me or call my property manager. Because another thing you have to worry about on these single families is your capital expenditure, right? Because you don't have economies of scale when you own multifamily. So anytime you, the toilet goes, it's two hundred bucks. Anytime there's turnover, yeah. Or if you're not if you're not doing a good job and you need a new roof, that could cost you three or four years of cash flow right there. So, so the, the so the model in general is that so you're going to get this this deal at you know a heavy discount. You're going to put a little bit of money into it, get it rent ready. You're going to find somebody that is currently renting, that wants to own, but can't get a traditional loan. They're going to come in. They're going to give you a, a small down payment. They're going to be making the same payment that they would normally rent at, but they're going to get own. There, when do they actually get ownership of the property? When the, if if you if you do it on a land contract. Now every state has different rules, so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm getting an attorney to just vet the the, the contract because at a certain point. Even on a land contract, when you if like if if they stop making payments, you have to know what the rules are so you can take back the property. But typically, on a land contract, they stop making the payments because I'm buying in judicial states. Judicial states are a lot harder to foreclose on, so you gotta yeah. learn this. But once you learn that that particular for your state, then it then it just makes a lot of sense because um, th- there's so many people that want to own that mm-hmm. that just don't know. And so, like, if you go into the MLS and say, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, or wherever you're buying, and you and you pull up and you go, okay, how many of these people are going to own or finance? There's maybe out of like a thousand properties, there's like five, maybe ten properties, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen. So you just open the door to first of all buying, and um, you can buy in less desirable neighborhoods because, um, like, right now I'm very selective where I'm buying because I'm renting them and I know the turnovers and. And different things, but there you can kind of push push out a little bit more, and 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 you can open up your buying your target where you're buying because because mm-hmm. it just opens a lot of fields, and then and then you're getting a ton of attraction because your owner financing it, so the you know that there's so many people that want to buy, so it just makes sense all in all. Now the the thing you have to also check in is now with this uh, CFPB and the Dodd Frank stuff. Mm-hmm. That as an investor, you got to be careful. There's certain rules like you can't out, you can't do balloon payments and things. But so, I'm vetting out that whole process right now, so I know legally exactly what I can do and what I can't do. Yeah. And that's that's just another model. So, will I do 100% of deals that way? No, but I'll do. I think I'll probably do 50% of my deals that way. Nice. So we we talked a little bit about obviously, um, you know, how you're going to make money on these deals, the markets that you're going to be in. We talked about the fact that obviously you need to get a great deal. 
So what are you doing right now in today's market in order to get in front of motivated sellers to get them to sell at a discount? Uh, I, I would tell you, um, YouTube is uh, the second largest search in, in, engine in the world. Yeah. Right. And it's owned by Google. So get good at doing uh, I buy houses. And then, and then, so what, what first step to do it, and you can do this all for free guys. This is a huge tip. This is what I do. And it works like a charm. Um, write down, do go to uh, Google AdWord planner and, and do a search and you can go on YouTube and learn how to do this stuff. And then you write down the 30 titles of the most searched terms in that market, right? Like sell your house fast, South Bend, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Those are your titles for your YouTube videos. And then, and then, um, then you optimize the description and you shoot like a two, three minute video. It could be anything. Could be you talking, could be you walking through the house and discussing what you do. You could create Animoto videos. That's step one, because for one, a lot of newbie investors don't have any money and I'm just giving mm-hmm. you like free. And then, then step two is you get a, uh, some kind of website and you can do templated websites. There's, um, uh, providers out there that do them and you just optimize them and they have training videos. I, subscribe to one of them right now and actually I get I get two or three leads organically every month from mm-hmm. that w- website and I bought my best deal from that website that cost me a hundred bucks a month they give you three websites you just have to watch their videos and optimize them are you talking about uh investor carrot yeah Trevor yep, yep. yeah so investor carrot is definitely I mean I think the gold standard out there for real estate investing websites um like you mentioned a hundred bucks a month you get three websites um Investor Carrot is really, really great because not only do they provide you with the websites, they provide you with training, support, and how-to videos unrelated to, to driving, you know, website traffic as well. I mean, he, he does, Trevor, who is the owner, does a great job of providing value to people that want to get into real estate investing. So a lot of his content isn't specifically based upon websites, but you know, how do you drive, how do you generate leads in real estate investing? How do you systematize businesses and things like that? So, yeah, I would give them, you know, an A plus recommendation, you know, in in terms of websites. And you're saying already that you've optimized some of your sites. How much effort did you have to put in in order to start generating those leads? Well, I mean, I have a, (laughs) I have somebody do it for me. And so I, you got to find the team members. Yep. And, and, and right now you can freelance anything, but I happen to meet a gentleman that likes to do this kind of work. He's retired. He doesn't charge me that much. He'll, yeah. he'll shoot videos for me. I sometimes shoot him with my phone. You know, it's that simple, but, but, um, you know, he, he goes through, he gets it. So you can either do it yourself because in the beginning you have more time than money usually. So yeah. it depends. But once you start making money, then I suggest, I suggest you, you, you learn all the strategies and then you, you know, then you get the right people. Like you have your project manager who does a lot of the day to day where you're more in the kind of, if you go back to like the e-myth, you're, you're working on your business, not in your business. That's what you're doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, start with those two marketing models and then, um, you know, slowly, but surely you'll start getting leads. Uh, and that's all organic. Granted, you can do pay-per-click once you get some experience. Uh, I did, I used a pay-per-click management company before and I wasn't very happy with them. Yeah, pay-per-click is a tough thing. Um, It's really interesting because I have somebody who's really, really good. But I went through four people that were really, really bad in order to get to that really, really good person. And so 
you know, when you're doing pay-per-click and you're trying, if you're trying to manage the campaign yourself, forget about it. Your cost per lead is going to be ridiculously high. But if you're going to have somebody else manage it, you definitely need to make sure that you're getting somebody who's, who's really skilled at it in order to make sure, again, that your cost per lead is reasonable and so that you can make money on it. So like you said, in the beginning, the key is, you know, you don't have a lot of money, so you have to spend time. And you talked about search engine optimization, and you talked about creating the YouTube videos, which is all stuff that you can do for free. As you get less time and you start to have more money, things like AdWords can help you ramp up and they take away none of your time. And literally, you know, every day that I come in, I'm just having leads come into my email. So, you know, it just depends on where you're at in your business um, to determine what makes the most sense for marketing strategies. So what would you tell somebody who is at day one? They, they come to you, they, they say, hey, Bo, um, I know you're a successful real estate investor. I want to get started. What advice would you give them? I would, I would tell them like what I did. I, uh, I just embraced everything I could. I, I, you know, I, I wanted to learn how to do it. I wanted, so like, for example, like I would go like a podcast like this, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is going to be out there. So if anybody, you know, wants to watch it or listen to it, they can. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now they've got a few tips. They go, okay, here's somebody that's buying out of state. This is how he uses IRA money. Um, he gets a lot of his leads from his investor care website. He uses YouTube. This is kind of, you know, pretty inexpensive marketing stuff. I could do this. I could start this on the side because most people have full-time jobs. So, yeah. so they develop it and then, then they start seeing deals and they go, and then they figure out, okay, now the next step is I, I have a lead. I, I, you know, I Zillow it. I look at the numbers. It looks like I can get it for 20 grand. It's worth 80 grand fixed up. I'm going to, I'm going to write a contract, which is always a big hurdle on your first contract. Like, oh, but when it, after you one contract, you go, this is simple. It's simple. There's a, you know, a few spots you fill out, you get in a contract, you open up escrow. And now, now you got to figure out, okay, can I get the money or should I just wholesale that deal? And so that's, that's kind of the next steps. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, everything is scary in the beginning. Like, oh, but the one thing I can say is that, um, as an entrepreneur and being self-employed all this time, I mean, I've had ups and downs and lost a lot and ruined my credit in 2007. And, but, um, what it really excites me is to, to like, to be able to take any kind of idea I have and implement it and it create a lead and then convert that lead into a deal. And that's, that's a great feeling when you, when you have a good buy and you know, you're buying something for 20,000 and the fixed up value is 80,000 you only have to put 10 grand into it. I mean, you're like, I just created $50,000 in net worth, right? Yeah. And so the education from, from watching these podcasts and stuff is, is, is uh, watching and listening to podcasts is the first step. I mean, that, this is where like people are sharing their information. Like that's, that's our, our, our world now is about, you know, content, like people that have experience, we share our, what we do and you guys should embrace that. Like, that's why I have a real estate investor club here in the Bay area because I love it. Right. And I love listening to other investors like, Oh wow, that's how they just did this deal. You know? And I just watched the guy do a $500,000 commission, uh, $500,000 flip. He added square, square footage in the Bay area. I mean, that's like, he made a half a million dollars on one deal. I mean, those are home runs, right? Cause so you just learn from other people and, and you I, just keep learning. I think what you mentioned is, is so interesting because when I, when I started and I'm sure when you started, because we started roughly at the same time period, it was tough to get information. 
you know, YouTube didn't exist. These podcasts didn't exist. The internet was kind of in its infancy, you know, and, you know, trying to get information on how to do things was so difficult. Today, I mean, you go on bigger pockets, you go on YouTube, you Google search things. The answers are all out there. And not only are they all out there, they're not that difficult to find. I mean, they're not hiding. You, you know, you're literally typing something into a search bar and, and you're finding out how to do it. Like, you know, you mentioned, you know, search engine optimization and YouTube uh, marketing. You go into YouTube or Google and you type those key phrases in, you're going to find 100 how-to videos on how to do it. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think we're in one of the most exciting times to be a real estate investor because the, the barrier to entry is so low now. You know, you really don't need money to start. You know, you can generate leads for free. You can um, wholesale deals so you don't need cash up front. So there, there's no better time for, you know, for me that I've ever seen, you know, to get into real estate investing. Um, so definitely an exciting time. Um, now, you mentioned you're running a real estate investing club that's in San Francisco. Yeah, it's actually uh, 30, 30 we're, I'm in the suburbs in Walnut Creek. We host our meetings in Walnut Creek. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it was just, I started on meetup.com and I yeah. had a meetup. All right. And that, that's another tidbit for anybody that's listening. You know, if there's no local meetup, start a meetup, even if you aren't the person that has all the answers, but you can just go call local investors. You can now become the connector, right? And so you don't need to be the seasoned investor to host these meetups. So if there's none in your area, meetup.com, start, start a real estate investing club. That's a great way to build build value and build a network. So, so that's I, what I did. So I have a 2,000-person meetup group in Boston. And my take on any sort of these re-events is you want to be the focal point. Like you mentioned, even if you don't know anything, you know, if you're organizing them and putting them together and getting people to come, you want to be the point person because that's the person that everyone's going to go to for all of their needs. You know, somebody needs financing for a deal. Somebody wants to fund a deal. You want to be that go-to person. If you're not creating the meetup group yourself, the second best thing is to speak at them. So again, you know, you even if you're a rookie, you know, you can get educated on one specific niche and you can talk about that one specific thing. So I think it's critical that you either start a meetup group or you're a critical, you know, member of another meetup group. Um, so if people want to find out more about that, your group, what would they just do? Go on meetup.com? Well, no, I have a website that I built. Oh. Uh, well, actually, I didn't build it. But my marketing guy did. It's it's uh, my um, investor club is called Thrive, uh, and it's Thrive R E I A dot com. So okay. um, you can go there. You can find out about it. I think um, we charge three hundred dollars or two ninety seven to join now for the year. Yeah. Um, um, and we have uh, a monthly meeting at night. And then we also do a, a, an out-of-state mastermind. Usually that's a lunch. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's cool because there's a bunch of us that want to just focus on out-of-state real estate investing. Um, and so we talk about, you know, best practices and, and different tools we use as, you know, for out-of-state, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, how to pull rent comps and things like that. So that's been really useful too. So, so anyone who's on the podcast that, that, you know, isn't even in the San Francisco area could get you know, a lot of benefit out of that, specifically people who are looking to do what you're doing, right? Which is invest in properties out of state. Yeah. 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 So cool. there's, and you know, reach out. I, my day job, I do hard money lending. I, I represent a fund and 
So I do a lot of loans and I know how, you know, and that actually was, was a blessing because I learned deal structuring, right? That's what I learned that piece of deals, you know, how, how to a first and a second loan, how to, you know, put IRA, get IRAs together and different things like that. So I'm very creative, you know, for if, if you need help structuring your deals. Um, cool. So there's just a lot of, lot of things. And, and um, you know, like I said, I learned something new. I'm going to a real estate event this coming week. I always go, I network, you know, mm-hmm. even I, I always get value at every event I go to, even if sometimes I feel like, Hey, I might know more than this teacher. <laughs> I always learn something and, and, and the networking what really, if you go to these events too, what I like is you'll meet people from all over. So all of a sudden you'll start talking like how I, how I found out about Indiana. I was at a meetup, met this yep. old guy and he's like, Hey, you do private money lending. I'm looking for somebody to fund these deals. I go, well, my fund doesn't lend in Indiana, but let me look at them. And I looked at him, I go, okay, I'll fund him personally. So that's what I started doing. And then I said, okay, well, this looks cool. Let's start a business together and we'll start buying them. So that's all from networking. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny because I stumbled upon the same exact thing for a guy that I'm working with right now in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, Fort Wayne has some of the same type of numbers that you mentioned. So I never, ever would have come across that market. You know, that, that market was never on my radar until I talked to him. And he's been very successful. He lives there. He, he does a lot of uh, he has a bunch of rental properties. He has what you ha- what you're looking to do, which is all of his expenses are paid for by the, his rental properties. So it's interesting. You never know who you're going to run into and you know what ideas they could bring to the table. Whether or not they're on the same level as you doesn't matter because everybody has a good idea. So what's the best way for people that are on the podcast if they want to reach out to you to get to get you? Um, you can go to you can go to the the Thrive REI website dot cool. um, com. Oh yeah, you can I all- see you on here. You got your all your. Uh, your contact info and stuff. Yeah. It's all right there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, YouTube, you can find me on YouTube. You can, um, you know, and, and that's the thing that what I really like is the marketing piece of it, you know, creating a, a like a, well, let's say you create a mailing, right? Like, and, and here's the great thing. You can go to like a company like yellow letters complete. They already have pre-written letters that are good that work. Mm. And, and, and here's a hint. Like if you start doing mailings in like the Midwest, your response rate, the first mailing I did there, I got, a, I think it was like a seven or 8% response rate where okay. if I do that same mailing here, I don't even get a quarter of a percent response rate. Right. So yep. you, same with Boston, barely anybody, maybe 1%. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's kind of funny too, that cause Fort Wayne's one of my markets that I'm looking at. And nice. cause I, cause I, I saw that that looked great and they're like redeveloping downtown and, and like the numbers are really strong and it's actually a bigger city. So I, than uh, South Bend. So actually that's my, that's my, uh, in my strike zone right now. So um, don't have the team there yet, but definitely uh, appreciate the fact that you, you're, you're looking at it too. Cause it does I can, I can, I can hook you up with, with the guy that, that I'm working with. Um, it, it probably would be worth it just for you guys to have a conversation. Um, I'll get, I'll give that to you after the, the call, but um, I want to thank both for coming on today. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Tom Caffarella. The best way to reach me is go to directly to www.realestateinvestingiseasy.com. I want to thank everyone for joining the podcast. And I want to thank Bo for joining us. And I wish everyone a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. 
Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.